A vision without execution is just a dream. Welcome to Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. Like the show title says, Chris speaks with transformative experts and business leaders who share their successes, failures, and leadership tips that will help you transform your business into a success story. Now, here's your host, Chris Elias. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Transformative Experts. I have Chef Jamie Hunt with me today. Uh, chef, you are actually a celebrity chef. Jamie, Jamie's very <laughs> humble. She doesn't, she doesn't always like to be referred to, but she is a celebrity chef. She's out there in, in the world and, and um, doing some great things. Good morning, Jamie. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, you know, as we always do with our guests, we always love to, to hear a little bit of the personal history. And so how does one become, well, I want to say celebrity chef, you can say <laughs> chef, but how does one become a celebrity chef? Well, that's a loaded question. Um, start at the beginning. For me, for me um, I'll, I'll start with the how, and then we'll go to how it started. Um, the how is um, I acquired a um, series of, um, what would you call them, agents. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an agent here on the East Coast, and I had an agent on the West Coast, and when I graduated from culinary school, the CIA, um, the Culinary Institute of America here in Hyde Park, um, chefs were a big deal. Private chefs were a big deal. Um, the market was good. Um, this was in 2007. Um, and to have a private chef at that time was like a pretty big deal. So when I would um, have clients and uh, guests would come over. Um, I, I always remember them saying like, oh, this is my private chef. And I just always would laugh about that because I was like, I didn't think it was such a big deal. Um, and so once you, once you get an agent and you build this rapport and this relationship with them and um, you guys actually have success together, they will continually find you clients. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I have had um, celebrity circle type clients. So I've been in the um, the singing industry. Um, I've been in the athletic industry um, and then have been in the hedge fund industry. And so when you collectively put all three of those rings together, you have celebrities. <laughs> sure. Sure. And, um, you know, ha- having said that, so one of the questions that comes to my mind is an agent. I mean, I, I guess as a chef, I-, I would never think that a chef would go get an agent. I- what-, what prompted that? How did-, how did you figure out that I had to have an agent? So what happens is um, they have agencies, they're domestic agencies. Gotcha. And... Um, what they what they do is they they staff uh, high profile clients with butlers, nannies, chefs, housemen, um, estate managers, uh, drivers, and then you then there's your there's your avenue like your lane the chef yeah. and so there's specific uh, there's specific agents within that agency that only deal with chefs and then there's specific agents within the agency that only deal with celebrities. And so, so I just was very lucky 
at, you know, I, I was at the right place at the right time to, um, to kind of be kind of introduced into that, into that circle. And once you're in it, um, as long as you're successful and your food tastes good and, um, you, you know, you can like follow the guidelines of what the client wants. You can stay and maneuver into those circles like very easily. Excellent. Excellent. And so is that, is uh, again, not knowing the world, is that um, something that you like the culinary Institute? Is that something that they provided? Was that part of like a a graduation? This is how you do it. And this is, you know, I mean, Uh, because again, you just don't go right into a rest. Well, you, I guess you can go into a restaurant. Um, I think the culinary Institute, prepares you mm-hmm. or the business side of it. Um, they give you the fundamentals um, from the food aspect and then you start to grow and you learn. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I had that and then I had my corporate background. So I already knew how business worked. Um, and so I just kind of took that into each home that I went into and each client that I had, my, um, my cooking abilities started to grow. So, uh, so that, that was like kind of, I think that's probably one of the very cool things about cooking privately is that I've had different cultures, different backgrounds, different lifestyles. Um, and so each one of them have had a very different way of eating. And so I've had to learn all these different ways of cooking, um, which gives me like a nice, um, portfolio of food. Do you have, so, so in, in, in the years as you've developed your, your style and everything, do you have a particular favorite, like a favorite style of cooking or, um, I think I'm always going to lean towards Asian food. That's my, um, I grew up in San Francisco. Um, and I think some of my most happiest moments were eating dim sum. Mm. And, um, uh, there's a place at home called Yang Sing. Um, it's been around since I was at least a teenager and I'm 50 now. So it's been around for a while. Um, and I just fell in love with Asian food. And so when I had the opportunity to make it for a client or even at home, uh, I always take it and I'm always in a very happy place. Oh, that's, that's excellent. So, you know, uh, you mentioned San Francisco a couple times at home and your, you know, your connection to food is, is very, very personal and goes back, you know, in your life. Um, right. You know, I'd love it if you'd share a little bit of, of your, your personal story, your journey to, to getting to where you were and your decision to, to pursue um, getting your education and, and becoming a chef. So I, yes, I am from San Francisco. Um, I am the youngest of four girls. Um, two amazing parents, both really good cooks. Um, we always had good food growing up. So I never, ever, I don't think I ever experienced a nasty meal or a meal where I was sitting at the table all night and couldn't finish it. That never was my experience. You weren't shoveling peas under the table yeah, or no, anything like that. Yeah. Maybe lima beans, Maybe but not lima peas. Um, and, um, 1996, June, uh, I got a phone call from my sister to come home and, um, I didn't know what it was about. And she told me to come right home. And then my mom called, I guess, from another part in the house and was like, don't come home. She's like, don't worry about it. And I, then my sister called back from another part of the house. It was like, get your butt home. And I didn't know what was going on. 
and I walked in the house. My mom was sitting on the couch and I think was watching Family Feud, like everything was normal. And I walked in the house, like what's going on? I was in college at the time and my sisters were in the back, uh, the house on the phones, um, looking very somber. I, I still like couldn't put two and two together. And then my mom sat me down and told me she had been diagnosed with multiple myeloma. Um, and I believe at that point it was stage, it might've been either stage three or four, um, but it, it was already very progressive. Oh and that um, I believe that weekend she was starting chemo. And so like, I, I think I just sat on the couch kind of trying to figure out what was happening at that moment. Um, and she fought like cats and dogs for like the next two years. But one of the things that happened, um, in that relationship with my mom was we all lived in the East Bay at that time, my sisters and I. And so she didn't like us coming across the bridge every day to take care of her. So we had to pick days. And so my day was Sunday and that was like my day to spend with her and we would eat and laugh. And so there, there came a point when my mom didn't want to eat and she just was kind of, I think just getting exhausted of chewing because the multiple myeloma attacks your organs. And so it was attacking her tongue. And I remember her having a dream, um, one night and she couldn't wake herself up out of it. And, she said that God was showing her what it felt like to starve. And when she woke up that next morning, I remember her telling me, um, go to the store and get a steak. And I was like, what happened? Why? And so she was telling me about the dream. And um, one of the things that happens with the, with the chemotherapy is you start to lose your taste buds. Sure. And so she got to the point where she was thinking about what something would taste like. And then I would try to figure out how to mimic that in a dish. And so like, she would tell me she wanted it to be garlicky and creamy and she wanted pasta and some shrimp. And then I'm like racing through the grocery store, like a game show, trying to figure out all of these flavor profiles and textures, then cook it and then give it to her and then sit in front of her, like, you know, like a kid and, you know, ask her, like, is that what you were thinking about? Like, does it taste the way you thought it was going to taste? And that was our relationship. And we forged this like really amazing relationship um, through food um, during like some of her final days. Um, and when she passed away, um, one of the, last thing she gave me was the her macaroni and cheese recipe and so like this is like one of the most infamous recipes in our family um and my sister just told me a couple of weeks ago like i need to learn how to share because i have never given that recipe out i've given out renditions but not that recipe um and then a year later uh, around father's day um this was i think uh, 1999 uh, we got a call my dad wasn't feeling well and we thought it was gout um, and it ended up being stomach cancer 
And so I just couldn't believe, like we were sitting in the emergency room listening to this doctor tell us, you know, like, I think at this point it might've been stage two and just trying to reel in my head that we were getting ready to go through this again. And the fact that I was facing losing another parent. Um, and with my dad, um, we, <laughs> we had a very different, um, very different relationship through food. My dad was a big tea drinker. Um, and he taught me the love of tea. Um, he would buy me these big mugs. Actually, like I have one actually right here. So my dad drove Muni. So like I always have this mug with me every morning and I have some tea. It always makes me think about him, but our thing was breakfast. And so he would make the craziest breakfasts. Uh, we would have like salmon and fried eggs and toast and grape jelly and a really great cup of tea and some orange juice. Or um, my dad loved grits and um, and just like the nice, the thickest bacon that the butcher could possibly cut. Um, and then we would sit and watch the soap operas and pass out. And then we would get a call from my sister and we knew it was her fuss, getting ready to fuss at us because we were late to the doctors because he probably had to be at chemotherapy. So every time we would do this and we would tell each other, you know, we're going to get in trouble yeah. because yeah. you know, we're going to fall asleep. So let's try not to. And the phone would ring and it would be my oldest sister. So I call her Elizabeth because she's the matriarch of the family. And I would say, don't answer the phone. She's going to call and she's going to yell at us. So we would go rushing out of the door to get to the doctors. Um, and when my dad passed away, I, I, I realized then that um, there was this love affair of food happening. Um, and I just like, I didn't know how it was going to shape itself at that point. Um, and, and, I just was in a time of transition and just really trying to figure out and navigate um, what my life was going to look like without my parents. And um, one night I saw an infomercial on TV in the middle of the night on a channel that I don't even think exists anymore. So I, I laugh when I tell this story. Um, and I saw an infomercial about the Culinary Institute of America and I wrote down the information and I went back to sleep. The next morning I was driving into work. So I called the number and I was like, Hey, I saw this infomercial on TV. And I remember, uh, this woman ended up being my counselor. Uh, I, her name was Karen. I can't remember her last name, but I remember her saying, yes, quit your job. Come to the school. And I was like, Whoa, I just want some information. And, um, she sent me this packet that was as thick as a Bible. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, okay. Like it was, um, it was pretty, um, it was like very, it was a very, uh, like aggressive and very intense process to get into this school. And so I remember just reading through it and reading through it and I finally got it completed. I sent it off. And one day I came home from work and I had this packet at my door and they were telling me that I had been accepted to the school and I was like shocked. And I remember going to my oldest sister's house and I told her I got accepted to this really amazing school. I want to do this. And she stopped me dead in my tracks and said, Jamie, do you have a plan? Huh. And I said, uh, well, 
not yet. And she goes, okay, great. This is all good. But when you have a plan, come back to me and let's discuss it. And so, um, so I spent the next couple of weeks uh, formulating my plan. And so let's just say that four weeks later, I was on the plane. That's excellent. And that's a big deal for, for the listeners who don't know um, the CIA, as we call it in the food industry, I, I know we can confuse it with the other, but th- that is, that is the place to learn. Uh, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to explain, I want to explore a little bit more on that path because so much is going on here. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just one minute. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Is your company or team struggling to achieve the results you would like? Optimize your life, your team, and your organization through clarity, purpose, and action. At Mexicute, we have over 100 years of combined experience leading organizations and coaching individuals to achieve their vision. We design a customized approach to ensure successful execution and optimize your results. Connect better. Grow better. For a free consultation with Chris Elias, visit nexecutegroup.com. That's N-E-X-E-C-U-T-E group.com. True results happen where culture meets execution. The Execution Culture, co-written by our host, Chris Elias, is designed to make your company smarter, faster, and stronger by sharing real-world advice on culture, leadership, and execution. It's time to transform your business with the help of the Execution Culture. The book is available now on Amazon. Click the link on the show page. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please send an email to listener at transformativeexperts.com. Now, back to Transformative Experts. And we're back with Chef Jamie Hunt. So, so Jamie, before we went to the break, um, so here you are, you, you, you didn't have a plan, but then you created a plan and off you were to a very prestigious chef school. What were, what were you doing for work before that? What was your occupation? Um, so I was working for a Fortune 50 company back in the Bay Area um, doing operation management and industrial engineering. Excellent. Now, did people think you were nuts giving that up <laughs> and moving on? Yeah. Yeah. I had some people, you know, that were excited about the opportunity. Um, I had some people that were like, you'll be back. Um, and I think that a part of that fueled me, like, yeah. you know, to prove a point, like I, I won't, um, and, and not in a negative way, but that, um, like I knew that I wanted to win in this situation. And so like, I was not going to return. Excellent. Um, and so, yeah. It, it's funny because I, I, I've, you know, had the pleasure of interviewing so many people now and there's like, there's a commonality to that story. When, when, when people, well, let me, let me step back. Probably some of the most successful people I've met had that moment in their life where they 
changed gears and they left the path of what I would describe as expectation. What other, you know, at your point, maybe the path of expectation would be that you would have just stayed and climbed the corporate ladder, right? But there's this point that highly successful people make this decision to do something different. And it's funny how many of their friends who care about them, who are worried about them, think they're crazy, right? I mean, how could you possibly do that? How could you, you know, this is a good job. How, you know, and it's hard work. I mean, we don't have success without hard work. So, so off you were to the, to the CIA and, um, and what was it like there? Tell, tell me about the first day. What was it like showing up and, and, and going through that program? Uh, it was cold. Um, the very first, um, the very first um, arrival that I'd had at the school was my oldest sister and I went to check it out. And so this was during winter time in New York, and we clearly were not prepared for this coming from the Bay Area. And I remember we borrowed some North Face jackets from some friends, and that was a joke <laughs> because yeah. the, the the level of coldness in upstate New York is hands down an experience. And so I remember getting off the Metro North train, uh, and it, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, and so we got on the campus and, and that campus is so robust that it can swallow you up if you are not prepared. Yeah. And so I just remember us walking around and like just with big eyes and my sister kept asking me, are you ready for this? And so we went on our tour. We spoke with the uh, Dean of Students um, and then when we got back on the train, like I just said, like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to freeze to death. I see this, but I'm going to do it. And so when I left um, in April, that April, um, it was a little warmer, but just the the buildup of like excitement and um, feeling almost like, because I didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm know anyone um, no one knew me and so I almost felt like I was in this really cool version of the witness protection program mm-hmm. where I could almost reinvent myself and be in this moment and it was one of the best experiences next to getting married and having my kids that I could have ever had because I got an opportunity to just engulf myself in just the process of food Mm-hmm. And um, and all the things that I love about it, um, I got to experience. And um, and one of the 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 program the first year of school is very rigorous. And so one of the things they encourage you to do is not work because you need all of that time and all that energy to devote into that first year. And I was able to not work. And so to be able to experience, you know, being at school at six o'clock to be at the storeroom to get supplies to take to class and then getting home at like three or four o'clock and I'm talking exhausted. Mm -hmm. It was really kind of the preparation of what you were going to experience when you got out there in the real world. Like I hadn't put that together yet. And so um, I met my group um, and it was kind of like a reality show. Like you start with the group and then yeah. some fall off, some fall off and they get smaller. And then you get to like your nucleus. 
and you guys are like in it to win it until like graduation. And so that was my experience. No, that's it's outstanding. Now, again, first year, you know, I'm sure it's a lot of technique, um, a lot of food theory. You know, it's 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 the basics. But um, you know, you you, you kind of alluded to it early on. It's not just about food, though. It is also about the business of right. food, right? Because because I mean, they they can teach you to cook, and they're probably just another cooking school. But if they don't bring the other aspects into it, how can you truly go out and operate your right. own restaurant or or business? Right. Um, so in one of the, I think one of the, the biggest classes um, for me was like the costing mm-hmm. because understanding how to cost was going to navigate you to be able to make money. Yeah. And, um, and then having really great mentors, I had an awesome mentor um, during my time there that challenged me um, and just continue to show me the ropes within the industry. Like if this is what you're going to do, this is how you need to negotiate. If this is what you want, then you need to be able to do this. And if you have these aspirations, then you should be going for them. Mm -hmm. So I remember one morning I like, once you get to after your first year, then your um, extern starts and that's where you go and you work um, for three months and then you come back to school. So I remember making this comment and I said, well, I want to do my extern at the White House. And I remember a chef turning around to me and saying, so then why don't you? What's stopping you? And I was like, well, I, I was just saying that. And that statement led to me being dragged down the hall by my mentor to another chef that had worked at the White House, mm-hmm. who in turn helped me be able to do my extern at uh, one of their offsite catering companies. And literally because I made a statement. Yeah. And so, um, so could that have happened anywhere else? Like, I don't know, but these are the type of situations that you learned and you got from the CIA mm-hmm. that, that prestigeness like had its perks and it was up to you to figure out how to, I don't want to say take advantage of them, but how to navigate through them and, and make them work for you. And so um, the, my, my mentor and his colleague of chefs knew, you know, I was doing well in school and they were like, yeah, okay. So here, this is what you're going to need to do in order to do that. And so they gave me a list of things to do. And like for that next two weeks, I checked the list off. I had to do a special background check. I had to be fingerprinted. Um, And then I remember getting a phone call that I was going to Washington, Mm DC. And, um, and all of these experiences just were the, the setup for my resume. Yes. And so once I got out of school, um, I not only had that I was a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, but this is where I had did my extern. And so then it really just, it just was a buildup after that. I was able to have this client and I was able to have this job. And so I think that the CIA has given me the opportunity to shape my career um, in this this circle that I have worked in um, and in those three letters actually like they helped like the CIA, those three letters go a long way in this industry. Well, yes. And 
I wouldn't, you know, don't sell yourself short, right? I mean, what's interesting about that story is you spoke a future. And I don't think people do that enough. I, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, a lot of people have dreams, but who do they share it with? And why don't they share? It? I, I, I had one friend of mine, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times he would look at a product that would show up or whatever. He said, I thought about that years ago. Well, what did you do about it? You, you never even told anybody, right? And sometimes people are afraid of sharing their dreams. They're afraid of, of being judged. You know, uh, oh, you're crazy. That'll never work. And, and uh, you know, how many, again, successes came as a result of that? And, you, you know, even if the comment was, you know, tongue-in-cheek to some degree to work at the White House, you put a future out there and somebody can help you with that. I, I think that, that generally speaking, people like to help people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that, you, you know, in the world today, you got, you got all this negative stuff, but generally speaking, people like to help people, but they can't help you if they don't know. Right. You know, you, you, you took an ownership and you, you spoke your future and I'm sure there are people that have CIA on their resume um, that haven't, haven't done very well because they haven't taken those steps. So I think, you know, give, give yourself some credit there because it'll, it really has allowed you to leverage into what you do today. And, and, and that is so much more than just, you know, cooking for celebrities. But some of the things, you know, when you and I talked, um, you, know, b- you know, prior to this, this interview, I, I love some of the stories that, that, that started leaning you towards the work you're doing today with kids. And mm-hmm. before we maybe get into some of those details, we'll probably have to do that, you know, after the commercial, but we got a couple minutes left. You know, you've got some great stories that you've shared about working with the families of some of these people yeah. in your role. Um, I wonder if you would be comfortable to share one of those stories with our audience. Um, so I remember the day I graduated because it was my birthday. Um, and I remember my sister telling me, Jamie, don't be the cocky chef, be the humble chef. And that every experience that you have is going to, there will be a very specific reason why you're there. And so I remember for, uh, a family, um, that I cooked for, um, one of the sons used to come into the kitchen every day and he would like snoop around to see what I was cooking, but he always had his math book with him, which like I wasn't putting the two and two together. I just thought he was carrying it and he would sit at the end of my counter and I would always like slide him uh, something that I was cooking for dinner and he would open up his book. And it took me probably the third time that he did it. And I was like, okay, so what's to deal with the book? And he was like, Chef Jamie, can you, can you help me? Because I don't want, like, I don't want anyone to know that I don't understand this. And so he would come in and I would close the door to the kitchen and we, I would cook and then have something like stewing or simmering on the stove. And we would just sit and go through his math, like eating a grilled cheese sandwich or whatever I was making. And the relationships that I have forged with different families and with their kids and with staff all have come through food and, and that there have always, there's sometimes there has been something behind it or something that has extended from the food. And so like we connected through the food, but there was something much more special. Um, like he was, he was like uncertain about something and he felt that trust to come into the kitchen yeah. and, and feel safe. Um, and, and I think that's 
what happens with a lot of the homes that I cook in, um, that that is the environment that I am creating is that this is a very safe space. When you come into the kitchen, um, there's happiness in here. Um, there's love in here. Um, this is what I, I'm, I'm preparing something that I'm going to, you know, nurture you and give you nutrient to your body with. Um, but these are the type of moments that, you know, are really special to me. There have been so many, but like that one just stands out. Um, because like I hated math growing up. And so I had to figure out a way to love it as I got older. So it just was so special that he thought that I could help him with, uh, with this subject. Um, and then we would just sit there like in our own quiet time and eat and just have this relationship and forge this relationship while he was learning fractions and we were still eating some really good food. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, you know, time is flying. We're up on our, our next break here in just a, a, a couple of minutes. Um, uh, one quick question before we go to the break. Have you, you know, as you move on, and, and obviously your career is taking you to, to different households, um, you know, have you stayed in touch with some of these people? Did you stay in touch with this 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 kid, or uh, or does that? So kind I of- watch him. I watch him now. Uh, he's on Instagram. He's much older yeah. now. Um, He's become quite a young man. Right. And so I, every once in a while, like I may like shoot him a message um, just to tell him, you know, that like, I'm very proud of him. He graduated from college a couple of years ago. Um, and just to see he's doing some really amazing things, but I do try to keep in touch with as many as my clients as possible. Very good. I, it's, it's, it's a way of transforming others, right? I mean, it's, you know, helping others always, always is a good thing. And, and I'm just, that story makes me really happy. Uh, we are at our break. So, um, so stay tuned. We've got one more, uh, one more segment coming back with, with chef Jamie Hunt. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. True results happen where culture meets execution. The Execution Culture, co-written by our host, Chris Elias, is designed to make your company smarter, faster, and stronger by sharing real-world advice on culture, leadership, and execution. It's time to transform your business with the help of The Execution Culture. The book is available now on Amazon. Click the link on the show page. Is your company or team struggling to achieve the results you would like? Optimize your life, your team, and your organization through clarity, purpose, and action. At Mexicute, we have over 100 years of combined experience leading organizations and coaching individuals to achieve their vision. We design a customized approach to ensure successful execution and optimize your results. Connect better. Grow better. For a free consultation with Chris Elias, visit nexecutegroup.com. That's N-E-X-E-C-U-T-E group.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please send an email to listener at transformativeexperts.com. Now, back to Transformative Experts. And we're back one last time with uh, Chef Jamie Hunt. So, 
So, Jamie, you know, uh, we, we've talked a, a quite a bit about, you know, your your history, obviously, how you got to where you are in, in the, the private cooking, but but that is now translated. I mean, I, I think from the work that you did with um, with some of the kids and family, maybe maybe it, it puts you on a path, but but you're doing a lot of work with kids today, um, a lot of work with nonprofits. Uh, I'd love you to, to, to share some of that. Yes, kids, important. I am a mom. So first and foremost, um, kids are just important to me. Um, and I got an opportunity coming out of school to teach a class in Yonkers. That's really where all this started. Um, and I, I taught a cooking class that I thought was going to be a cakewalk and it, it, something happened and it transformed me and it, it, it did not, it was not about money anymore it was really being able to see that these kids were so inquisitive about what was happening with food and once they got an opportunity to taste it um when i started with this class they were bringing their lunch which i couldn't understand because they were cooking and i was like why are you bringing your lunch when you can just eat the food you're making and there was this disconnect and so i figured i realized that i had to i had to bring it down a notch and get on their level and really start to explain food to an eight year old and and how it was going to make sense. And so that was the seed that was planted inside of me to, to really understand that um, it is important for us to make sure that kids are eating nutritiously, but it's also important for us to make sure they understand food. And so I've always, um, I've always like had a passion for that since then. Um, becoming a mom really enhanced it. Um, I have two kids that have two chefs as parents, so like we probably don't count. Um, yeah. But I got an opportunity to partner with the Boys and Girls Club um, in Newark, New Jersey. And while we were looking at the opportunities of how I could um, donate my time, there was a garden. And so like, I am a pretty good gardener. I, I would say I'm a pretty good gardener. I have two green thumbs. So that, uh, that gives me like a check, I think in that box. Um, and I said, we should do something with that garden. And so we went and we took a walk through it and it's a very, it's a, it's a very nice sized garden. Um, but there was this opportunity to really actually take these kids from A to Z and really give them the opportunity to understand what farm to table really looks like. And that's not just me talking about it or me doing a demo. That is them actually in the soil planting, harvesting, tasting, cooking, and then being able to compare in some cases what canned, what a canned vegetable or, you know, a, a, a vegetable that has been sitting or that's been wrapped in plastic tastes like versus coming straight out of the soil, rinsed off, cut, seasoned, and cooked. And, and then allowing them to start to process that, like, maybe fast food or maybe junk food maybe is not the way to go all the time. And, and this is kind of where we want to get our kids to. Um, 
And so, so this is, this project is like, like I am so in love with it um, because I'm so excited for, um, for what is going to transpire with them and just being, um, being right there in the forefront uh, with them to see their mind starting to tick. Um, So excited about that. So do you ever, I, this is going to sound like an odd question, but you know, Uh, let's face it, you know, there are kids that their experience, as you said, has all been junk food, fast food, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of that is because of the parents, right? I mean, whatever their situation is, have you, have you ever had any weird feedback or pushback from parents that are like, oh my gosh, you've just exposed, now I've got to go do all this or anything like Um, that? I think that I haven't had pushback, actually. I've had parents thank me because um, because they may have tried to encourage or get their kids to eat healthy um, and they couldn't. And I find that a lot, even like, even in my own experiences cooking privately where the kids didn't want to eat like what the adults were eating. And then the, the mom or the dad couldn't figure out how to get them to eat like, I don't want to say normal food, but have them eat something a little healthier and not like chicken nuggets or French fries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've had parents thank me um, for helping their child turn that corner. Yeah. To be able to like at least recognize that, okay, well, mushrooms actually really do taste good. Yeah. And um, so I think a part of this project, why it's so special is because the garden is, is substantial enough to actually be able to give this harvest back to the parents and be able to cook a lot of these vegetables at home mm-hmm. and so that they're not just experiencing it with me, but they'll be able to take fresh herbs and take zucchini and take tomatoes and be able to make salads or, you know, have, you know, vegetables to cook. So having the opportunity to really make it an inclusive um, project with the parents and the kids um, in the community is, is very powerful. Do you ever have the, where the kids go home and cook for the parents? Um, I have some kids that like to do that. Um, where they'll come and say, Chef Jamie, like, I'm going to cook, I'm going to cook something for my mom tonight, you know? And so like, I'll, you know, encourage them or tell them, okay, well do this. Like, this is really going to impress her. Do this and then give them a couple of tips or some tricks. Um, so I do have some kids that are, um, very adventurous in the kitchen and will, and like those challenges. And, and you, you mentioned, uh, you know, off air to me that, that some of these kids are doing some pretty complicated things. Yeah. So I had um, a class last month for a series two of kids in the kitchen. And um, I gave them a very kind of direct, easy um, macaroni and cheese recipe. And so the kids had to start with the bechamel sauce and add the cheese. And I know some adults that cannot conquer that sauce. And to watch some eight-year-olds, they were eight to 11, um, master that sauce and like crush making this recipe. 
it was so exciting to be on the other side of the camera watching all these kids as they like started to add their cheese and they were whisking it in and the sauce was getting perfectly thick and they seasoned it and then mixed it in with their noodles and then seasoned it and then added more cheese than the recipe called for and make this really gooey, cheesy macaroni and cheese after it was like baked. It, these kids were like stars. So it, it was really amazing. Wow, that's what a what a great story. Um, what was uh, okay? So I'm getting just another funny question. Probably, um, you ever have any kitchen disasters that occur during cooking? Because sometimes the funniest <laughs> things occur. Those you know those little kitchen disasters. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I have this thing with water, where if I turn the faucet on for some reason. I just can tone it out. And so I've had um, maybe on two occasions where the water was running and I'm just cooking, moving back and forth, back and forth. And then the water overflows out of the sink. And, um, and I've created quite a mess um, from that. Um, I don't burn often. Yeah. But I've burned a couple of things here and there. Um, I'm not quite sure why, but I have. Um, I think my biggest disaster um, was cutting my hands open. Um, I was probably five minutes out from a party, and there was hibiscus tea in this picture. And unbeknownst to me, um, the picture was already cracked. And when I went to pick it up, the entire picture shattered in my hands and I ended up splitting my both hands. So I had 16 stitches on one side and 18 stitches on the other and red hibiscus tea all over the floor. So no one could see all the blood dripping on the floor because the tea was so red. Um, and I remember being in shock and the client came downstairs and said, okay, Jamie, you're in shock. Just sit down. And I remember saying, okay, no, so let's go to the grill. Let's finish doing this. And so and everyone was laughing, like, you have to sit down. Like, you're bleeding. Yeah. And I remember I still wanted to get the food done, get it out, and get it ready for the party because these people were going to be arriving in, like, 15 minutes. Well, that, those, those, are, those are tough ones. Um, with the kids, so so back to that real quickly. You do have a couple of programs that are launching. Yes. Um, let's mention those for a minute, and then we got time for maybe one more question before we wrap. Sure. So we have um, kids in the kitchen that happens on the second Saturday of every month from twelve p.m. to one thirty. The cost for that is $15 and you can find that information on my Instagram at Chef Jamie Hunt. And we have for the adults, we have the Saturday Night Supper Club where we um, have our cooking time together, where it meets game night, cocktails and fun and laughter that happens on the third Saturday of each month. Um, It starts at 6 p.m. Eastern time and the cost for that is $20 and you can find that information and the link to the ticket for both on my Instagram and my bio. Excellent. And those are both virtual? Virtual, yes. Excellent. So anybody can participate. Okay. Uh, i got time for one more question. And uh, this to me is probably the most important one, but what is the macaroni and cheese recipe? 
Oh, there you go. So like <laughs> I tell everyone else, um, I am glad to make it for you. That way I never have to give out that recipe. Secret recipes are important. I mean, in, in my past life at Big Boy, our, our, you know, we had the secret sauce and we had our, our fair share of them. So I won't really needle you that much more for it. But, um, but uh, sometime when I come out your way, I'm, yeah. I'm going to want to meet you and try it sometime because okay. I, I'm, a, I'm a big aficionado on that. Okay, that's, it's a deal. Excellent. You know, uh, I just take a, take a couple minutes and thank you for your time. You know, it, it's been such an interesting story and there's so many powerful takeaways, you know, things that, that seem to be consistent with, with a lot of our guests. It's important to find your passion and to follow it. And sometimes that passion comes from, you know, an adverse situation. You never know what's going to, going to, going to, um, cause you to think about doing something different. But if you don't follow your dreams, you'll never achieve them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, at, at, at some point, you've got to make a decision to, to go try something. Otherwise, the dreams are just, um, you know, Thomas Edison once said, uh, how do you say it? Uh, Vision without execution is hallucination, right? And so, right. you know, there's, I've had lots of friends who've had ideas, and they get mad when somebody else beats them to the punch, but they never did anything about it. They never talked about it, right? I mean, we, we have to pursue our dreams, and, and we have to recognize that pursuing a dream sometimes requires very, very hard work. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing comes easy. And I think your story is a great illustration of that. Yes, thank you. It is. Yeah. So, um, so that, that's it for this week's show, everybody. Um, you know, if you want to get a hold of, of uh, Chef Jamie, uh, she's mentioned her, her Instagram page. Do you have a website as well? Or? Yes, it's very easy. ChefJamieHunt.com. And let's make sure we get it spelled right. So, uh, C-H-E-F-J-A-M-I-E, Hunt. H-N-T. Yep. Mm-hmm chefjamiehunt.com and so um, I'm sure you've got a contact there if people want to contact you and um, you know obviously if you want to contact her through me you're always welcome to to send a note through the listener at Transformative Experts or find me through the radio station Um, thanks again for being with us Jamie thank you so much it was a pleasure it was my pleasure too and uh, stay tuned Uh, next week we'll have another great guest and until then I hope everybody has a great week take care Thank you for joining Chris Elias for this week's edition of Transformative Experts. We hope you'll tune in again next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And catch our weekly replay on the Voice America Influencers Channel, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a good week.